Welcome to the Highland Church Podcast, where we share biblical teaching to glorify God and to bless you. This year, we're talking about my part, God's plan. God has a purpose for you, and that purpose is a part of God's bigger plan for the world. Now, if you connect with what you hear today, I hope you'll join us online Sundays at 10 a.m., or that you'll join us on-site right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, let's jump into today's teaching, and don't forget, you're part of God's All right, good morning, church. Man, I love Sundays. I love this is my favorite time of the week. Um, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes you ever show up at church and you see somebody and they're wearing the exact same thing that you're wearing? It's so embarrassing. That happened to Breeshan and me this morning, and one of us had to change. So anyway, it happens. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, I used to go to a lot of JV games, and I was on the JV for quite a while. And uh, I kind of feel like the JV before the varsity game up here before Eric, so bear with me. But hey, at least I do have some cool socks. I don't think anybody else has these. But those are Highland socks with a Highland logo. I don't think Eric has those yet, so just saying. All right, we're glad you're here. Um, The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's a quote that I learned from Lodge Terman. Uh, He was a role model for me when it came to being a servant, and his main thing was serving Jesus. But I'd already seen it modeled at home. I'd seen it from my parents and my grandparents and then Kim's parents. They were always serving and doing things for others. My mom and dad took in my grandmother, my grand-grand, when her husband passed away. And so she lived with them probably 40 years, and she was awesome. My grand-grand did everything. Uh, Her favorite song was Others because she wanted to her life to be about others. And she spent her whole life serving people as a teacher. She was a volunteer at church. She was always involved in the community and encouraging. And my other grandmother, my nanny, uh, she was a trip for one thing. She was a wild woman, lived on a farm most of her life and was just a great encourager. She made quilts for people. Uh, She would take them food, way more food than they could ever eat. And she was always doing something for a friend or a neighbor. And so my parents are servants. And they taught us to be servants because that's what they were taught. I watched Kim's dad recently, uh, Robert Mullins. I saw him serve in the church and in the community growing up my whole life. And so uh, recently, when Kim's mom had a stroke, uh, she was basically bedridden for seven years. And he took care of her the whole time. And they moved into a one-room assisted living apartment, going from their home and being free to do whatever and healthy through their life changing overnight. So even during COVID, when he got really sick, had to go to the hospital for a while, he had the option of coming back to that one room, one bedroom room, or he could just live at home and just visit through the window. He did not visit through the window. He moved back in within the room and he never left her side until she breathed her last, last breath a year and a half ago. I don't know if you know these two ladies right here in this picture or not. I wanna tell you who they are, because if you don't know them, you need to know these people. Um, this is Ann King and Cheryl Lynn. Two of the godliest women, most servant-minded women that I've ever known. And they were both Highland members. Uh, They served and influenced thousands of teenagers, young adults, college students, women. They started this huge women's class, which Beverly Rostin carried on for a long time, and it's still going today with Carolyn. Uh, She encouraged the elders. They encouraged the elders and the ministers, including Kim and me. And so if we had a Highland servant, Hall of Fame, they would be 
the first two in, and they'd be on the first ballot, and it would be unanimous. All right, I was really close to Ann. Uh, I'd known her since college. She was a women's counselor at the Christian Student Center when I was in college. And she gave Kim and I a lot of wisdom, and she helped me to settle down because I was not exactly a Christian when I got there. Uh, she came to our wedding in Smyrna, and then a week later, we got back from our honeymoon, got ready to move to Memphis. We got a phone call that our apartment had flooded. We're like, well, what are we going to do now? The truck's packed, the U-Haul's packed. So I called Ann King. She said, come live with me until you figure something out. So we did. And even later, in my whole rest of my life, uh, she encouraged me. She would give me a big hug every Sunday morning, right back there when we were here. She would build me up as a husband and a dad. And I mean, I love that woman, all right? And I went to Ukraine with these two women in 1992 when Rostin first started getting groups together. They went to Ukraine, and I got to be a part of that and see them there. So I've been thinking about Ukraine a lot, and I just remember one of our first trips, those two were on it. So those two ladies embodied Mark 10:45, one of my favorite verses, which says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. These two women, their whole life was built on following Jesus. And they understood that being a servant of Jesus isn't just something we do as believers, but it's who we are. All right, so today we're launching uh, My Part, God's Plan. And we're emphasizing serving through the church. And Eric's going to talk more about that. My time is going to be focused on why we serve and our motivation. So let me tell you about something I witnessed a few weeks ago at a special event at the zoo. The Cunninghams and Lavelles received an award from Lipscomb University. And they give this award called the uh, Shine the Light Award, and they give it to people who have let their light shine for Jesus. And Eddie Cunningham and Jenny Lavelle both grew up at Highland. Jenny is actually one of Cheryl Lynn's daughters, and she's here today. Uh, both families have served in the church for countless ways or for many ways and for many years, and they've blessed so many people. Uh, they're the kind of people that when you talk to them and you hang out with them, when you walk away, you feel like you've been with Jesus. And I love that about them. They're just great people who are humble, who love the Lord. And Eddie and David were both very humble. They spoke when they received the award on behalf of their families. And uh, they were both very humble and very gracious and deflected the honor to other people, of course. And David pointed to God and God's influence. And he pointed to his father and his father's influence. And Eddie mentioned a couple of scriptures. And I remember them because that's what we were going to be talking about uh, today. Uh, the first was Ephesians 3, 7. It says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And then the second was later in the same chapter. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So these verses remind us that it's, it's just so awesome to serve Jesus. First, we serve only by the grace of God. And second, we serve to glorify him. So let's look at that first part. We are servants by God's grace. Man, I can testify to that. Emily, I'll never forget my 10-year high school reunion. I changed a lot after high school, which I'm sure most of you did too. Um, and so one of my old friends heard that I was a youth minister. <laughs> Man, they were like, What? No way. <laughs> Are you kidding? Now that's hilarious. Wow. I was like, yeah, I know. God is good, isn't he? And then I got asked to lead the prayer at every single event we had that weekend. It's like I was the religious guy all of a sudden. Anyway, God's grace is what allows us to serve him in the church. And so I just want to remind you that's a gift. I remember thinking that I wasn't good enough to serve. 
I didn't think I was qualified, and it would stress me out when they would ask me to do something spiritual, like serve at church. And so I needed to hear this, and you might need to hear this too. Serving through the church is not supposed to be a burden or stress you out. It's a privilege to serve in the church because we're not serving to earn grace or to pay for our sins. That work is already finished in Christ. It's a privilege because we serve from grace and by grace, not for grace. So don't serve in the church because you feel like you have to. Serve in the church because you get to by the grace of God. All right? And then the second thing is to serve God, to, glorify, to serve to glorify God, to realize that it's not about us. And man, when I thought about this, thinking about people, I thought about almost the entire church. So I picked a couple of people that kind of summarize the whole thing. Robbie and Laurie Betts, a lot of you know them, I think. Uh, they have literally served in every area of the church that there is. And so they, they have done it all, whether it's helping with showers, teaching Sunday school, holding babies, going on mission trips, fixing the building when it needs repairs. They have influenced a ton of people and done a ton of work. And sometimes it feels like if they weren't here, the church would fall apart. It's like, well, who are we going to call? And we always say Robbie and Laurie. And then we think, oh, we need to let somebody else do something. And same thing for Miss Ann. Miss Ann Cernka is our church lady because uh, she is literally worth willing to serve in any way that she's needed. She goes to Sam's and Kroger every single week for HYG. So the teenagers have food, something to eat it with, and they have plenty of everything, and the ministers don't have to do that kind of thing. They can be with students. But then you also might see her uh, getting food for work camp, you know, hounding restaurants to give us free food, and they do it. They say yes. And so she gets that done. You might see her holding a baby out in the hallway. You might see her hugging on a little kid or hugging a teenager or really just trying to encourage a mom of a teenager, letting them know that they're going to make it and they're going to get through it. I think the same thing for the entire Midget family. I think the, their family serves the church to honor God, and there's a bunch of them. And so do the Betts and the Moltzes and the Shapleys and the Masseys and the Frizzells and on and on, all these families out here that they just do everything. And I'm telling you, if your posture is one of humility because you know you're saved by grace and your heart's desire is to honor God, then he can use that and do more than you've ever dreamed or imagined. So I just want to end my part with a word of encouragement that I learned from Justin Bagwell. Uh, he says this, never doubt your influence. So we thought about that and we've all been influenced by people and many of the people who influenced us have no idea that they influence, the way, influence us the way that they did. And so maybe uh, you have this thing that you remember a teacher saying, or your youth minister or a preacher, or somebody at school or a coach, and you still remember it, there's a good chance that they don't even remember saying that. They may not even remember that conversation. So never doubt your influence. You're always influencing people around you all the time. And what better place than to use your influence than through the church? All right, I'll never forget one of my first experiences serving in church. I had started going to church with Kim in Smyrna. It was a summer. She was teaching the kindergarten class in the basement underneath the auditorium. You know, it was that church. So the kids were down there, and she got me to do that with her. And there was a little boy uh, in the middle of class. His name's David. He tugged on my shirt, and he said, I want to tell you something. I have a secret. I was like, okay, I'll play along. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a tough guy. I don't, I'm, a, I'm just sitting in this class to be with Kim, basically. He leaned, you know, I leaned down. I was like, yes, David, what do you want? He goes, I love you. 
And I was like, oh, see, you would think I would have done that. But I laughed. I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with that. That's awkward. <laughs> I'd never been around a kindergarten kid. And so I just said, I love you too. And so I fell in love with that kid. Of course I did, because God was working on my heart. And it was just amazing. And when, I just want you to know that when Kim asked me to teach that class, I didn't do it for a great motivation. I didn't do it to glorify God, really. I was going to be with Kim, and I thought it would be a fun thing to do. And I ended up changing my life. Kim had no idea when she asked me to do that how it would impact my life. And little David has no idea how he impacted my life. And so I fell in love serving in the church after that. So Kim had served in the church her whole life. You know, she taught when she was a kid. I didn't start till college, but I volunteered for everything the whole time since I've become a Christian. And I love being involved in the church because God used all those times of volunteering to bless my life and grow my faith. And that's why I love volunteers. And that's why I don't mind asking somebody else to volunteer because I know that if you do, that God will use that and he will bless you in ways that you will never uh, even be able to think is possible. And I want to use my influence for the kingdom of God. Amen. I love those servants. I'm grateful for what they're doing and what so many of you are doing here. So today, let's go a little bit deeper, go a little bit deeper on this idea of my part and God's plan. That's what we're doing this year. We're telling the big story of God and believing that each of us has a part in it. So if you're going to read one chapter every morning this year, one chapter to frame what you're thinking as you're praying and discerning what it means for you to have a part in God's story, I think the chapter would be 1 Corinthians 12. Okay. We're going to go there together right now. We're going to go a little bit deeper before we end here on 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to draw out two parts of that longer passage, 1 Corinthians 12, that I want to, I want to call your attention to. And I think they're summarizing the, the bigger thing going on here. Let's, let me show you this. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. This is what Paul says. He's talking to the church. He says this. <clears throat> there are different kinds of gifts. Pay attention to that word. Different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, the same God is at work. Let me show you a couple of things about this passage. What, what does Paul call what God grants us for his work? Gifts. He calls it gifts, right? Um, I had a woman come to my office the other day and she had seen something on the news, something that broke her heart. One of those really sad stories that take place in Memphis. And she just felt this burden to do something about it. And so she'd come that we might discern together what she should do. And I said, the first thing you do is you count your assets. Count your assets. What are the things that you uniquely have that could be used to address this situation. And so as a, as a staff, as a leadership group, staff and elders over the past few months, we've been thinking about the assets of this church. And when we hear that word assets, we think about financial. And this church is incredibly generous with finances, but I'm talking about all those other assets too. Like the gifts that God has given us. I mean, in this church, we have architects that helped with the design of this place. We have people who love to rock babies. We have teachers. We have people who can sing, people who use their gifts here at this church, okay? And what we do as a congregation is we count those assets. What are the assets that we have to rely on to do the thing that God is calling us to do? And I am telling you, at this church, we are blessed with incredible assets 
for the kingdom of God, gifts for his purposes. Okay, well, let me show you something. Could you throw that same scripture back up on the screen, 12, four through six, if you don't mind? Do you notice how the first two lines have the same structure or three lines here? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. You see the parallel between those two? That's a technique that biblical authors use to say the same thing twice to emphasize it. And so if he's saying the same thing, what's he saying there? The reason that God gives you some unique gift or asset is for what purpose? Service. That's why God gives those gifts. I'll tell you, yesterday we had the men's breakfast here at Highland. We had about 70 men gathering the cross and just being encouraged and built up. You know another great thing about men's ministry? Sean Gearson, the volunteer leading that ministry, is a volunteer who just has a heart for encouraging men. He's got a gift in that. So what's he using it for? Service. That's what he's using it for. And there were these two guys, John and his son-in-law, Jared. And John and Jared aren't the guys who are going to get up here and sing on the mic, but they can cook some mean biscuits. Okay, and yesterday they were up here at 5 a.m. cooking biscuits for the men's breakfast. I saw Jared, Jared's young man. I said, what time did you get here? He said, five, okay. <laughs> man, using their gifts for the purpose of God's service. We have this young woman here. She's friends with a young man here and that young man's dating a woman from out of town. And the woman from out of town was coming to visit him and she got in a bad accident on the way, this a couple weeks ago. And she ended up at Regional One. Now all her family's out of town and her boyfriend here in town can't go see her because he's not family. But he happens to be friends with this young woman here at Highland who has a regional one badge. And she goes, I'll go sit with her. She just goes up there for hours, sits with this girl she's never met and encourages her. I think about that. We've got this, this sweet woman, one of our elders' wives, Karen McPherson, who's been working with our two-year-olds for decades. She's got this gift with kids, use it for service. Now let me draw, throw that scripture back up there one more time, same scripture. What we learn here is that God gives us gifts for the purpose of serving or building up the church, but then there's this sweet, sweet promise in that. And this is what we read at the end. There are different kinds of working, so gifts, service, work, but in all of them and in every one, it's the same God at work. People come to me often who are, whose faith is struggling. They don't feel a connection with God. Believing is hard. What's the promise here? If you want to experience God, use your gift for his service. And he's going to show up. Like that is how God works in our life is when our gifts are used for his purposes and service, he shows up every single time. Y'all remember that movie Chariots of Fire? I know you do. Bum, 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 bum. You're gonna be seeing that all day, right? Remember Eric Little, he's a runner. It's based on a true story, preparing for the Olympics, loves the Lord, and he, and he says in that movie, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. That's how it is when we use our gifts for his service. There's a couple here at Highland, been here a few years, Jamie and Donna Nanny. They volunteer for everything. They're the best servants. We had our, our um, Night to Shine, which is a, a prom style event for folks with special needs. And it was a drive-through this year. And so, I mean, our whole congregation turned out, made the parking lot just this, you know, party 
for these friends of ours. It was one of the best things we've ever been a part of. Well, Jamie and Donna had volunteered and they were scheduled at the last station, which was a photo booth. And so families that wanted to get out and all their prom attire could get out and take pictures of this photo booth. It was awesome. And near the end of the night, this one family, this mom with her son in the back, drives up and Jamie and Donna lean in there in the window and they say, you want to get out and get a picture? And she said, we'd love to, but it's really hard to get him in and out of the car. I just don't think I can do it. And Jamie says, oh, we can do it. <laughs> he said, tell me what to do. And he helps to pick this young man up out of the car, take him to take that picture, pick him up and put him back in the car. And when he does, that mom who he's never met buries her head in his chest and starts weeping. She's so grateful. Jamie and Donna told Stephanie and Michelle, we want to do that again. <laughs> when you use your gifts... In his service, you are going to experience the presence of God. The very next verse talks about through those gifts, the usage of those gifts, the spirit manifests in our lives. We experience it. Let me show you one more thing, though, because this chapter goes on. I'm running out of time. Let me show you one more thing. The chapter switches. It talks about gifts, service, works, and then he uses this different word, parts. He starts talking about the parts of the body of Christ. Remember our big theme this year, my part, God's plan. And this is what Paul says. Now, you, plural, are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And you remember, if you've read this passage before, the point he's trying to make is that in, in a body, like the body of Christ, there are these parts that we often think are insignificant, okay? And he's saying, there's no part. If you've been given a gift by God, if there's a part for you to do in this church, there's no part that's insignificant. I, a couple months ago, I broke my pinky toe, okay? Now, you look down at your pinky toe and it's this little nubbin that doesn't look like it's doing anything, you know? And some of you got pinky toes you're not proud of, they like twist off the wrong way and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, okay? You think that pinky toe's doing nothing until you break it. Right? And then you try to walk down the hall to get a glass of milk and you're crying out in pain, right? Paul's saying there's no part of the body that's insignificant and the body's only gonna work if every single part of it's working. But here's the thing, here's the reality. Highland appears and is very strong as a body. And so the appearance is they don't need me to play a part. Uh, we had a woman here who I love dearly, and their family's incredible, and they are involved now. But a while ago, she said something to me that I'll never forget. She said, my husband loves it here because he can slip in and out on Sunday, and he's not noticed, and no one's asked him to be a part of a committee yet. And I was like, that is not as encouraging as you think it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, Highland is, by God's grace, so strong, and we are strong enough that we often collect refugees or people who have been wounded elsewhere or who are struggling in their faith, and they just wanna come and kind of ride along for a time and be restored and renewed. And we're the kind of church that, like, that's one of the things that we do is put people back together and help them out. But the thing is, like, eventually, you've gotta find your part. Have you ever heard of the ship of Theseus? Have you ever heard of this? It's this old philosophical concept that Plato and Aristotle talked about and then Wanda did on WandaVision and Avengers. And Russ was convinced that's where I heard about it, but I'm way too smart for that. I knew about it before that. Okay. <laughs> the idea of the ship of Theseus is that a boat, in this case, a wooden boat, 
Over time, boards or planks wear out, and those boards have to be replaced. So we're gonna see one of those boards wear out here and drop off, and it's gonna have to be replaced by a new board. What we know over time is that all the boards eventually wear out slowly over time. And so over time, all the boards get replaced, okay? over time. But the thing is, because it's happening slowly as a hole appears on the boat and it's patched or repaired with a new board, the ship, even though all the boards by the end of the process are new, it's the same ship. Are you with me? Now, here's the thing. Highland's been around for 94 years. We don't have a single board that's been here 94 years. We have a couple boards that are over 94 but none that have been here for 94 years. Every single board in the course of our history together has been replaced. Okay. And by God's grace, after 94 years, we're still sailing with great strength on mission for the kingdom of God. The thing is, like, you can come and you can be a passenger for a time, praise God that we're strong enough to carry you along, but eventually you got to find your part. Like, if we don't patch those holes, what happens? We see, right? That's what, that's what this, this metaphor reminds us of. Like, eventually, you have got to find your part. And the great promise or blessing of that is that as you do that, God is going to show up in your life. He will work in your life when you use your gifts for his service. As a church, we are on a mission together. As I began reflecting on Ukraine, remember, we will be the best supporters of Ukraine if we are the strongest church we can be for Jesus' sake and glory. The stronger we are as a body, the stronger we'll be for them. And so much more. Let me pray over you as I dismiss you. God, I pray that each and every person here would find their part. So many know their part, so many are living into their part, and others are still wondering, like, what's the thing I'm supposed to do? What is the gift that you've given me? God, would you, would you convict them? Would you show them? Would you, in, in, in your gentleness and graciousness, show them what it is that's their part in your big story, in your plan? And would you help us as a church to be strengthened as each and every person here finds their part? And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.